Hello, hello, hello. We're back. Welcome back to the Bebop Rewatch. This is uh, session 10 that we'll be diving into today. Hello, my name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, uh, as you know, and I'm joined as always by the Russian Kid, aka Rich Kid. Rich Kid, say what's up. Did, did you say did you say session 10? Mm-hmm. I've only gonna watch fucking session 12. <laughs> You've got way ahead. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm just playing with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my days! <laughs> that silence, listeners. You guys know Jason from the podcast, but I know Jason, and that silence—it wasn't good. No, it, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good at all. The, the black, the black <laughs> dog nearly came out. The black dog nearly came out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, thank you very much, listeners, for joining us. Um, for those of you that don't know what this is, this is uh, the guys from Wulong Talks, and this is our second podcast that we do, which is called the Bebop Rewatch, which has been on a bit of a hiatus recently. But essentially, what we do here is um, every week we try and watch an episode of Cowboy Bebop, the greatest anime tv show ever made don't at me and um we break down the episode a little bit and talk a little bit about some of the things that we liked and we discuss kind of the the messages and the meanings behind things and we try to give you a little bit of news surrounding cowboy bebop as well um as said the show has been off for quite a while so i appreciate that some of you coming to this may have been thinking like what the hell is this like sorry what <laughs> but there's other episodes out there as said this is session 10 so there's another nine for you to enjoy um just go to our podcast channel and um wherever you're listening to this be that on itunes or stitcher or spotify or wherever you are um, and look for the Bebop rewatch and you'll see all the, the episodes that we've done so far. So at least it gives you a heads up um, if you're completely unfamiliar with Cowboy Bebop. But I'm assuming if you're here that you're probably not unfamiliar with it, in which case we may as well get on with the show. Um, so before we kind of get into the episode chat, um, we're going to do a little something here, which will be Bebop news. Um, which is something I think we're going to bring into episodes going forward from here, which is where we'll, we'll basically just let you know if there's been any developments in the world of Cowboy Bebop, be that um, with the property itself or be that with um, anything themed around Cowboy Bebop, um, you know, we'll bring that news to you here. So um, the first little bit of news that I came across is that um, obviously, as you know, by now there is a, a Cowboy Bebop live action TV show um, adaptation currently in the works at Netflix. Um, I managed to dig up a few details on this. Um, not a hell of a lot because everything is being kept under wraps so far. It has been rumored that the series is going to be launching in the second quarter of 2020. What? Um, 2020? So, yes. I thought we are get it this year. No, no, no. They, they've barely even started filming yet. <laughs> We're looking at oh, this year. My life is dead. My life is dead, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. See, you're jumping the gun, bro. No, it will be um, next year. So 2020 um, and second quarter. So I'm guessing um, around sort of June next year is okay. probably when we'll get it. Um, there's rumors that we may have a trailer at the beginning of, of next year, around sort of January. Um, it should be when we can expect our, our first teaser trailer and our first kind of look at the, the show. Um, apparently, the, the rumors are again, these are all this is unverified, but the, the rumors are that um, filming is set to begin probably next month um, on the series. So it seems they've, they've pretty much done all their casting and things like that um so as the filming goes ahead i imagine we'll get like set leaks and and photo leaks and, and things like that so once that kind of stuff comes out obviously me and rich will, will give you our 10 pence on that um but first of all let's also clear up a bit of fake news as well because i don't know if you heard this rich but there was a story doing the rounds um on the internet um that for the live action tv series they were going to change ein's breed as a dog um, they were going to turn him into a husky. And um, when I was digging into it, I actually found um, some quotes that somebody had posted up, which was supposedly from a Netflix executive, uh, basically saying that, you know, they um, I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of, you know, we're not going to be slaves to the original material. And if we think something doesn't work in live action, then we're going to change it to... Um, you know, we're going to change it to fit the the kind of audience that we're targeting and so on. 
Um, so naturally, the internet kind of was like, what the hell are you doing to my Cowboy Bebop? Um, but it turns out it's fake news because the, the chief writer on Cowboy Bebop then responded on Twitter, um, who is a guy called Graham Yost, who, Rich, you would know him because he's the guy who co-wrote uh, For Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's currently working on the the scripts for Cowboy Bebop, the TV series, and and he confirmed via Twitter that that's a bunch of bullshit, and that as far as he's concerned, he said in he's been working on the project for three years, and in every day of those three years, Iron has always been a Welsh corgi, um, and he said as far as he knows, nothing has changed. So um, yeah, panic over there because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it sounded like they, they, yeah people were were getting kind of anxious and a bit upset but um rich obviously you're not happy to find out we're not getting it sooner but how do you feel about the developments with the series so far i mean i know it's hard for you to say because we don't really know anything but um you know i'm still i'm still super excited i mean i did see a picture i'm sure I sh i'm sure we, we both saw it jay um i think it was a couple of weeks ago of um john cho growing out because he's grown out his hair hasn't he oh yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So he. Um. Yeah. So he. Uh. What's it called? Um. I think he's going out to maybe get it styled somehow. But it was some form of anniversary. It may have even been. It wasn't July Fourth. It was way, way. No, it was way longer than that. But it was a picture of him and his father. I think it was for Father's Day. That's what it was. Mm. It posted a picture of him and his dad, and he had the spike and I think he hashtagged like Spike Spiegel or, or or Bebop or something like that. Um. But yeah, I'm. I'm still super excited. Um. Yeah, yeah, that, but that that fake news that you heard about, you know, about them not gonna make like Iron. What they're gonna make? They're gonna make him a husky, right? Well, yeah, the the fake news story said that yeah. they were gonna um, turn Iron from a Welsh corgi into a, a husky, um, which would have been an absolute travesty. And uh, as I said, I think people would have lost their shit at, at that. I mean, particularly because you know the live action anime remakes have, have really not been going well <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so um you know it, it, for them to make that decision would have really turned like the hardcore fans against them mm. but uh, as i said it looks like it was fake news but i mean my question would be why would you make up something like that anyway i mean some people well, are really bored and 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 yeah. have nothing better to do with their lives than make up like fake news for the internet but well you, you know what i mean the, the thing is like to not to sound high and mighty or pompous or anything but to some of you listeners out there who may who may have not have seen um cowboy bebop the thing of like hearing the news of iron being changed from a, a welsh corgi into a husky do you know that's that that sends shivers down my spine because it just reminds me of the type of board meetings that michael bay might have had with his people when he was making transformers films mm. like they were just like yeah you see that yeah that Pick it up, okay, throw out the fucking window. This is what we're gonna do. We're not gonna like respect anybody. This is fucking America. That's what that type of rumor, listeners, is the kind of shivers that it sends up my spine, and I'm sure a couple of other people, because it just goes the complete opposite way of what Ayn is meant to be. Ayn is, you know, Ayn is not physically threatening. He's meant to be the smart dog. So the minute I hear that a rumor of them gonna change uh, Ayn into like a husky, that makes me think they're going to give him more of a physical role in the show, which is completely against the character. And yeah, I mean, whoever posted it, like you said, was bored and just clearly wanted a reaction. But Craig Yost um, saved the day, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. so Chris so. Yost, Carl, Chris Yost, uh, Carl, Graham Yost, Craig Yost, Graham Yost. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so but, um, yeah, people are boring. People have got no lives. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. They're they're just out here trying to fuck with us, man. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, um, that's it so far for the news. So I said we'll we'll try and do um some more little news segments like these as and when um there's any big developments and, and things coming across um that we learn uh, about Cowboy Bebop, be that the live action TV show or anything else that, that's Cowboy Bebop related, basically. Um we'll we'll try and keep yeah. you abreast of it and, and let you know um but yeah let's dive into the episode i said we're at session number 10 for those of you who are watching along um this session is called ganymede ganymede elegy and um eulogy well yeah 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 i mean i, I suppose you you would pronounce it eulogy wouldn't you really even though it's spelled elegy but um 
my goodness, this episode, I think this episode, and, you know, this is really repetitive, so I'm sorry, listeners, because we keep doing this on every episode. <laughs> but this has got to be, like, one of my favourite episodes today because it's just so again you know it's one of those things that me and rich keep saying over and over again so i'm so sure you're bored of us saying it now but you know we keep saying how this show just never ceases to surprise you and and to do something left field and you know we the show just does stuff with different themes and different ideas in a way that i don't think any other anime does and that's not to say that there aren't other animes out there that i love and and don't hold dearly to my heart and um you know there's there's some that that have tremendous quality but but what makes bebop unique is is this thing that it crosses so many boundaries and it covers so many genres and it and it always has this ability to surprise you and this episode in particular is is a surprise because it it focuses a lot on a lot less on kind of like action and hijinks and, and things like that. And it's a lot more about characters. It, it's it's kind of like a character study in 30 minutes, basically, um, which is a bloody hard thing to pull off, but they managed to do it. Um, and it, it's just one of those stories that, again, shows how adult and how complex, you know, these characters are that, that we're introduced to on the Bebop. And the fact that this show isn't afraid to make its characters complex. Um, you know, there's nothing one dimensional about anybody in, uh, of, involved in this particular episode. And, um, you know, the Cowboy Bebop as a series kind of revels in in showing us, you know, the, the shades of gray between people. Things are never black and white. There's always two sides to every story. You know, people always have two different sets of motivations for doing what they do. And, and, you know, this is what makes it so fascinating. Um, Rich, you know, I mean, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, I mean, I know you, you feel kind of strongly about this as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how are you feeling about this one? I, I love this episode, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's weird because it's like, you know, like I said, listeners out there who have watched the show and listeners out there who haven't watched the show, um, people that I've, met who like bebop when you first meet them and you hear about the passion of what they like in the show you can always tell kind of which characters they like most gravitate to and which episodes are their best episodes so i like this episode but jay i know i, I know that i don't love it as much as you do like this 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 is you like this is this is like so i mean whatever i'm gonna explain Jason, probably you're gonna feel like ten times more because this is this is your type. This is your type of storytelling. Mm. This is the one of the reasons why I've always said that. Like, listeners out there, when me and Jay do what we do, and the reason why we've been friends for so long um, is because we're the complete opposite, but we understand each other perfectly. Mm. And when you meet people who have watched Cowboy Bebop, like you, yeah, you like the minute the way how they start revealing about how you know, what they loved about you, be like, yeah, you look, you're this character. This is probably your favorite episode and blah, blah, blah. We've got another guy, friend of ours called Jed coming on. And Jay, think about it. When we first watched Bebop, the first thing we were just, the first thing you said was like, okay, yeah, we've we got to get Jed. And I was like, yeah, great. What episode? And we both looked at each other and it's like, yeah, that horror episode, man. Fuck it. Like, that's him. Hmm. Like, you know, it just, so it's like, it's not even just like a, it's one of those episodes where it's not just a character study on the people in the show, but it makes you reflect on yourself and the way how everything is handled in this episode because it's quite different to everything that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And and it's funny how you know Cowboy Bebop has managed to, as you as you put it, like reach different people through different episodes. You know, yeah. they, they, everybody kind of gravitates towards a specific episode that that speaks to them in some way, and it yeah. again shows you the power of you know, the, the writing and, and how well um, this whole series was put together and, and, and how well, you know, they understood the characters they were working with and what they were trying to do with each of them. Um, so, yeah, man, let's stop waxing lyrical. Let's get into the, the episode yep. itself. So, um, as said, folks, this episode is session number 10, uh, Ganymede Eulogy. Um, so the episode starts off in kind of a, a 
well, in a way that you wouldn't really expect for the way the rest of the episode falls yeah. out. In the sense <laughs> that, um, basically, we're we're on the bebop, um, and the bebop crew have just caught a bounty. Uh, a guy called Baker Pancho Panchorero, I think his name yeah. is, or, or something like yeah, that. Baker Panchorero, Pancho Pancho isn't it? Yeah, there's some trivia behind that name, isn't there? But we'll get to that. I think, yeah, but I'm sure there's some trivia behind that name. But um, yeah, so Baker is tied up in in the ship, and uh, the Bebop crew are, are going to cash in on on a bounty, um, one of those rare bounties that they've actually managed to capture. Um, and uh, while he's tied up, um, he's making a whole heap of noise and talking about how he's going to get out of here and 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 all of that kind of stuff. Um, so Ed, the dog, goes over to investigate, and he kind of tries to threaten Ed, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ayn, uh, sorry, got no, that no, completely wrong. Ayn. Ayn goes to torment the yeah. Um, Baker. Yeah. So it's Ayn who who goes to kind of investigate Baker, and and um, you know Baker's kind of mean to Ayn, um, which upsets Edward. Yeah. Um, so she comes along, and she's not having none of it, and she just like torments the hell out of him. Um, and it's just such a funny scene yeah. <laughs> because like. <laughs> Ed is just literally on a wind up at this point and he's yeah. and he's just doing all these kind of things like messing with Baker's head and, and yeah. um, biting his did, ears biting his ears <laughs> doing all kind of like stuff like that and Baker's just getting more and more pissed that there's absolutely nothing he can do because he's tied up in, in the bowels of the ship um, but again the scene's just great because it just reminds you of just how much of a, fresh, a breath of fresh air um, yeah. Ed is to the story, you know, and to these characters as well. And um, because, as I said, the show kind of deals with with some heavy emotions at times. Mm. It's nice to have, you know, Ed be there to to lighten the the mood a little bit and to add a bit of wackiness and off the wallness um, to the scene, mm. you know. But uh, um, you know what I love about that scene? Mm. Like this, this, this is the icing on the cake for that scene. It's the music. It's the song that's playing. Yeah, when they're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are mocking it. <laughs> yeah, that is You've very true. That is very crazy. true. Like, obviously, if some if a bounty hunter is after you, obviously you're clearly someone dangerous. Like, you know, there's different levels of dangerous, but us to us normal folk, dangerous on the level one is kind of fucked up. And he's just tied up to a pole, and <laughs> and Ed's just um, just chewing on his ear. And I think the song that's playing that's not Mushroom for Samba, is it, or Ed Samba? Um, I think it's the the cat blues that's playing. The cat blue, like that's yeah, that song that mocks it. It just makes it the best thing. Yeah. And um, and I thought to myself when you were describing it, do you think they open with that scene just to you know just to bring us in and be like, okay, cool, here's a little bit of funniness, but the rest of the episode is really really going to be serious. Mm. Because if they didn't have that bit at the beginning, th this episode would be kind of. Yeah, it would be kind of yeah, 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 yeah. It would be heavy emotionally mm. this episode. So yeah, I think you're onto um, a good point there. I, I I do think that's true. I think they probably brought that scene in because, um, as you said, th this episode is not because it deals with any um, like difficult issues as such, but just because it's so emotionally charged and yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of issues that they do deal with or themes that they do touch on that um you know will will bring a lot of emotion out of the audience so i guess the the best way to kind of break them is is, is to break them in with a bit of humor so um you know that that is the perfect way to kind of start the episode really so yeah i think yeah, that, that's a good point that you made there and i reckon that's probably true mm. um so with the episode beginning in that way, we find out, um, as said, that the crew are, are off to go and drop off this bounty. Um, and uh, while they're on the ship, um, Jet is kind of on, on the ship as well, and he's piloting, and he's kind of um, being a bit pensive and, and, you know, being even more grumpy than his usual self. Um, and we're not sure entirely why, but we find out that... Um, the crew are actually heading to Ganymede, um, which is, I believe, is one of the moons of Jupiter, I, I think. Um, yes, it is. I confirmed with Luca. Okay, yeah, I was going to say if Luca was here, he would confirm for us. But yeah, oh. yeah. so Ganymede is, is one of the moons um, that, that orbits Jupiter, and the crew are heading off there to drop off their bounty. Um, and as said, you know, Spike is, uh, Spike, sorry, Jet is even more... Um, you know, kind of pensive and, and kind of slightly tense than he usually is. 
Um, and then I think Spike and Faye start winding them up a little bit, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, well, well, I, well, no, I, don't, I think it's just Faye. I think it's just Faye that's just going through it at this point. Right, 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 right. Because um, at this point, Jet is looking at um, an old pocket watch, isn't he? And he's kind of yeah. sort of reminiscing with with this pocket watch. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think at first it's Faye who who pushes his buttons, but then Spike does come in and get a few digs in as well. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's Faye. But then she's not even really pushing his buttons. She's just asking him, you know, like what's yeah. you know mm. what's the deal? What's with the watch? And um, Jet is very reluctant to say anything um, at all. And um, it's it's funny, Rich, that this scene kind of, it reminded me that, um, you know, again, in this episode, we find out about uh, Jet's nickname, the Black Dog. And um, yeah. when I thought about it, you know, they say that the reason they call him the Black Dog is because, you know, he he, you know, he's like a dog with a bone once he's got a case and he never lets it go and things like that. But I yeah. did wonder if it was also maybe a reference to um, bouts of depression that, that maybe Jet has because um, the Black Dog was what Winston Churchill used to refer to his depression as. Um, oh, is he used it? to call it the Black Dog. Yeah. So whenever he had like bad days, he would say, I'm being visited by the Black Dog. Um, and because of how this episode unfolds and, and the, the journey that Jet kind of goes on um, mm. and because of how his, he can be, how his character can be, I did wonder if maybe they were alluding to something there I, or maybe I'm making it up. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I did wonder if that was something that they were trying to suggest maybe is is happening there. I, I don't know. What do you think? No, no, I, I, can, I can. I've never actually really thought of Jet suffering from depression before but now that you've just mentioned it now episodes before and i think definitely episodes that are going to be coming up you can see that he really does try to keep himself upbeat with certain things that you wouldn't really think that someone who looks that way or sounds that way would do mm. like there's certain episodes you find him doing meditating right yeah yeah then there's what then obviously then there's one bit he's got bonsai trees as well right mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, and then and then this yeah, like yeah, you yeah, he could be someone that who suffers from depression, so he's all like bouts of like heightened emotions. So that's the reason why he's always trying to do these things. So yeah, so that could be a thing why it's called a black dog. He's just it just his depression might be a bit obsessive compulsive, like when mm. he just because mm. that's what if you think about it, that's his role on the ship. Mm. He's he's in this constant thing of like I have to control this. I have to look after everybody. And as we get more into the into the episode, we'll see that yeah, that's like that's one of the, the traits that could be some form of depression that he doesn't know he's got. But at the end, you know, it could be a little bit of a change, or maybe mm. I'm just waffling. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, hey, that's that's what this podcast is for, right? So <laughs> might as well do it. Um, but yeah, it was just something that came to me, you know, whilst sort of watching that episode really and it, it made me kind of think about his his character in general and, and how that kind of thing is handled so i don't know we'll we'll see but as said listeners you can make your own minds up for yourself um as you watch the episode and, and as you continue to watch cowboy bebop the series as well um it'll be interesting to see kind of how um that develops um but anyways the story kind of progresses uh they get contacted on the bebop by um, Jet's old partner, uh, a police officer called Donnelly. Um, and Donnelly uh, and Jet kind of have a, a catch up and a chat. Um, and they kind of reminisce about the old days. Um, and then uh, Donnelly gives uh, Jet some information and he says that, you know, he, Jet's ex girlfriend, a woman named Alyssa, is actually still based in Ganymede. Um, and we find out through kind of the course of the episode that Ganymede was on Jet's beat when he was a, a beat cop. Mm. Um, so it was kind of the, you know, the area that he worked. Um, and it said, you know, Alyssa was uh, someone he was very close to. That was his his ex-girlfriend and she's still there. Um, so you kind of get the sense straight away from the, the story that they're obviously setting things up for, um, you know, Jet to have a, a reunion with Alyssa. Um, and lo and behold that's exactly what happens next pretty much as soon as they they touch down on ganymede um mm. which by the way i really like the way they set up ganymede it, it kind of they design it so it looks like um like a port city almost yeah, yeah um yeah so i found it looked like um like it reminded me a little bit of um uh 
like there's parts of Crete in Greece um, for anybody who's listened to who's been to to kind of Crete and um, or even Santorini as well because Santorini mm. kind of has that as well um, you know it, it really kind of reminded me of like sort of Mediterranean old port cities um, you know places where you you get a lot of boats and that's exactly how the the you know the animators have designed this um, designed this this part of of uh, Ganymede to look like and mm. um, it's really evocative it, it kind of made me feel like I was on holiday which is a weird thing to say but like because it's so well you know well drawn well colored and it's so vibrant it it really draws you in and I said it just reminded me of all of these holidays that I've been on to the places and just made me think oh I want to go back on holiday again because <laughs> it just mm. look it just looks so nice you know um, but anyway, I said when they touch down, Jet heads out to um, go and track down Alyssa um, at a bar that she owns called uh, La Fin, which is um, in a port that they land at. Um, so he heads off there. Uh, and while he heads off, uh, Spike and Faye go and cash in the bounty. Um, and they're kind of talking about, uh, you know, Jet and his behavior and the ex-girlfriend. Um, and I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head, Rich, so correct me if I'm wrong, but do I, um, I got the impression that maybe like Faye was trying to dig and Spike was just kind of like, leave it like that's his business and, and yeah, kind of yeah. Leave it alone. um, which I think was again, kind of shows the, the relationship between Spike and, and Jet, um, yeah. where Spike is actually very protective of Jet, even mm. though it doesn't come across that way, um, all the time. Um, and it kind of shows you the the you know that that Spike very much has this this front he puts up of, of being this guy who you know I don't care about anything and you know all I care about is my personal freedom and doing what I want when I want. But yeah. when push comes to shove, there are actually people who that he cares about that he yeah. will you know put um, his own feelings aside or his own thoughts aside to protect somebody else. Um, so yeah, I, I found that you know that interaction really cool as well, and and trying to make that off. Um, but anyway, they uh, kind of head back oh, sorry, to the, the chime well. in. Yeah, yeah, so go ahead. Like see that, wait, yeah, see that scene that you're talking about. You know what mm. I love about the thing that Spike says when he's backing Jet up mm. is, is like you said, when you look at Bebop and the way how it was so forward thinking in stuff that it dealt with, like we've seen, you know, people white people turn into black people. Um, assassins. You're gonna see hermaphrodites at some point. You've seen like um, like super crazy dogs, and then you've also got these characters that, if they were written, let's say a particular, you know, a little bit, let's say in the seventies or eighties, they would have been quite machismo and you know nothing bothers me, nothing hurts me. So not only is he just sticking up for his friends, but he is the way how he talks about women because um, Faye's being quite drogity to uh, to the way how women should that like women are and like you like you know oh she's just another one that she's gonna break your heart she's not gonna do this and you know yada 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 and spike turns around and to the same effect kind of goes like not all women are like that you know some of them are really really good maybe you should kind of take a look in a mirror and that's how he shoots her down mm. like, and, like and that's mm. you know that that shows you once again that it's not only something that he you know jets somebody that he cares about but there's obviously some form of heartbreak that Spike is dealing with or, or has dealt with. So if you pick up on that and you start looking at a couple of the, you know, the flashbacks or like the end credit sequence from the episodes before listeners, you'll see certain pieces of information being revealed that particular point is just random. So you're really gonna have to pay attention. But that's mm. one of the, that's what, the, what I love about that scene. Mm. Like if Jay, he's looking after Jet, but at the same time he reveals a little bit about himself while looking up for this guy because mm. he knows what he's going through. Mm. Hmm. yeah exactly that exactly that so i mean that that's a really good observation by rich there but um yeah i mean it, it said it just again shows you kind of how you know brilliantly three-dimensional these characters are um and you almost kind of get the impression with Faye as well that the disdain that she kind of has for love and and relationships and things like that is because she's been hurt before and so she's just kind of she's putting on a tough edge to kind of you know um to kind of protect herself i guess from from becoming too emotionally involved in anything 
but um as said in later on in the series we we find out a lot more about Faye and and the kind of things that um she's been through uh so you know you'll understand why her opinion of women and love and things like that is is a certain way um but yeah that that was a great interaction as well in this episode and again as said that you know this episode really kind of is is pushing um you know character and the characters to the forefront and and really um trying to tell you a bit more about you know who these people are um so anyway in in the story it said jet uh manages to find his way to lefin uh which is his ex-girlfriend Alyssa's bar um and whilst he's there he bumps into a guy named rint um who pretty much kicks out as soon as jet kind of gets in and, and rent is mm. looking like nervous as hell and really skittish and stuff so you know there's something dodgy going on with him um but anyway uh Alyssa recognizes jet and jet recognizes Alyssa, and um you know the two of them sort of start to reminisce a bit and talk about um you know their lives and and what they've been up to lately um Alyssa kind of explains that rin is her boyfriend and then um jet tells her well he's a bounty hunter now um and then jet pulls out this watch um and then he kind of starts to to say a little bit about you know kind of how he used to have this relationship with her and um you know he was willing to do everything for her and he, you know he would have done what had moved heaven and earth for her and basically he he was just completely in love with with Alyssa um and then you find out that Alyssa <laughs> left him um you know and she left him just very suddenly one day um she left him the the watch as a gift um and i think she left a, did she leave a note or or did she just leave the watch and that was it? I can't remember. She just she just, she left, just the watch. left the watch. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, you know, she she pretty much abruptly gets up and leaves. And as the conversation kind of expands, it's it's clear that you know Jet is not quite over what happened. Um, I mean, he 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 might well accept that the relationship is over. I don't think he was trying to rekindle anything, but I think he you know jet is still processing what happened and he's still trying to come to terms with it and 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 you know he wants answers he wants to know why things have went the way that they went and um yes. you know Alyssa kind of tells him point blank that basically she left because he was too moddy uh coddling in the relationship he was too you know he suffocated her um i mean there's a really beautiful line that she says um i don't know if she says it right in that that point in the story or a little bit later on but um there's a beautiful quote that i pulled up which uh from what she says to him which kind of sums up her view of, of their relationship um so i'll just read the quote quickly richard it's, yeah um that's just how you were back then you decided everything in the end you were always right when i was there with you i never had to do anything for myself all i had to do was hang onto your arm like a child without a care in the world i wanted to live my own life make my own decisions even if they were terrible mistakes and um you know that that piece of dialogue there i love that that's brilliant um because again it, it just shows you um you know the depth that these writers have gone to with with the characters that they've put together for this show um you know it, it's not often that you get that level of intimacy from a, an anime character where they're talking that deeply about their their feelings and it actually means something and not only mm. that but it can as said strike a chord with with people who've you know who've been in love before and who've lost before uh, which mm. i'm sure listeners is probably all of us so you know at some point we've probably all lost somebody that we love um you know be, be it through them leaving or, or other means but you know we've we've all had our heart broken and um you know that that quote kind of encapsulates like how Alyssa feels felt about that relationship at the time and um you know the idea that jet could be overbearing and overprotective comes as no surprise to us if you've been watching you know the episodes from one up till ten because that's exactly the kind of character traits that that jet shows in at different times throughout the series so you kind of you kind of understand from her point of view like 
you know that that's kind of suffocating and it does make you feel like a child and the last thing you want to feel like in a relationship is is that you're a subordinate to your partner you want to feel mm. like you're you're equal you know that you're you're two equals meeting each other on a level playing field the moment you feel like you're beneath them um that relationship is going to have problems um and i think you know does jet is kind of taken aback when he's confronted by um Alyssa's answer because I think in in his head obviously you know him being the type of man that he is and um and on top of that being a cop at the time as well you know his first instinct was I must protect I must you know I mm. must um you know I must shield but it's a very thin line between protecting and controlling and you know when you cross the line into controlling then you're really starting to mess with people's feelings then um but yeah you know i i really loved that scene and i said that i loved that that quote as well and um i mean richard as i said you know we've we've all kind of been in this boat before so did that kind of strike any chord with you that that kind of back and forth between jet and Alyssa? yeah um once again the thing that got me was i don't know i felt that he he never thought that he did anything wrong yeah yeah yeah, that that that's that, yeah. that's the one thing that I got from him. Like, mm. you know, like she she you know she, like you said, she just unloads this thing on him, and it's just like, and it's so hard hitting. And even when he gets confronted with it, he knows that she's upset. But he's like, "What? I I thought you just left because you know, I didn't think I did anything wrong. But I just you know, I love you, so I'd wait, I'd wait for you." But he, there's that stubbornness, and um, once again, it like I said, it brings up that that character that you know that is called of the black dog. Like he doesn't let anything go. Like he's he's too stubborn. Mm. you know to to give up you know even if something is like staring you point black in the face has to be told in a particular way so mm. that's that's what i love about that scene it's just that he's just like fuck after all this time uh, i thought uh, you know it was just you but i did something wrong fuck i wish i knew um that's that's what i love and that's what i love from that mm. yeah i mean there's another brilliant quote as well that i've just um pulled up here which i'll share with you as well which um where you know jet is asking her you know kind of why why did you leave and and these kind of things and um you know Alyssa responds with and, and i quote uh the way you talk about it you seem to think that time really has stopped here that's a story from long ago and i've forgotten about it time never stands still and um it, it is kind of like jet is is almost as said because he's kind of not really dealt with what happened um hmm. in, in terms of the, the way the relationship ended he's kind of he's trapped himself emotionally in a box yeah um, and you know he can't get out he can't move on he can't get closure because he as you said rich he, he hmm. doesn't really see that he's done anything wrong so he just yeah. kind of the way he sees it you know everything was great we were doing fine and then i came home one day and you were gone hmm. you know and, and that's it um whereas as said we as we often know with human relationships things can often be a lot more complicated than that and and usually there's a lot more bubbling under the surface as Alyssa lets him know but you know mm. I like that that line as well because it again it, it shows how you know how emotionally we can become trapped by our pasts and, and mm. trapped by you know the the decisions we make or the things that have happened to us and how we can't we can't move on we can't reach that closure and we can't you know progress as people because of of these things and um yeah it just blows me away man as said this episode really blows me away we're not even mm. like halfway through and it just <laughs> crazy like how much you know depth um the writers have given these characters and the kind of dialogue that they've given them and the fact that it's so it's so understanding of the human condition Mm. Um, you know, that's what I, I love so much uh, about this episode and it's what I love of Cowboy Bebop in general um, but anyway while all of this is is uh, going on um, the rest of the Bebop crew are kind of just hanging out really um, Faye is trying to suntan um, I think Ed and Ian are trying to fish right yeah um, they are <laughs> Yeah, and then I think um, doesn't Ed ask why are you tanning or something like that no she, she, she never know what it is she's just like oh yeah 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 body? Mm. yeah and then it's... once again the way how Faye, the, the the response that Faye gives to to ed 
is once again like how she was at the beginning is like it's quite down putting mm. to women somewhat she's like this is what women have to do um to be able to attract x y and z even though at the end of the day is all gonna be you know they're all gonna just drop you and leave you anyway and go with something better or something like that mm. but it's just for there and then and i don't know it just it just doesn't feel like a very womanly thing to say if you're trying to be positive no no and as said it, it kind of it it shows you a, it gives you an idea of how kind of messed up face psyche is and yeah um and as said listeners you know there, there's a lot more to come from Faye in future episodes um so you will get to learn you know kind of a bit of her philosophy and how she's come to be in a place where you know she views herself and other women in in, in such a way but um you know as rich said it's it's odd for you know a, a woman to be talking down other women so so frequently um and so flippantly in the way that that Faye does um mm. But, it, you know, it is interesting and it does kind of shape, I, I guess, how we, we see Faye going forward at this point as well. Um, you know, so it's a very different side to, to her character. One, it, no, as you said, it's it's not different. It's kind of what we've seen from day one, from the moment we were introduced to her, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it does make sense that um, they would continue to, to do that. But as said, in later episodes, we'll cover a bit more about Faye. Um, but the gang are, are kind of all busy. Spike, I think, is fixing the swordfish or, or something like that at that point. Um, yeah. But then another call comes through from Donnelly, and um, this time he has more information uh, about a bounty that is on Ganymede that they can collect um, that's worth a, a lot of money. Um, and wouldn't you believe it, the, the bounty is none other than Alyssa's new boyfriend, Rint. Um we then get a, a, a kind of a flashback scene where it kind of shows what happened and how the bounty came about. And basically Rint um, shot a man, but he shot him in, in self-defense because he was a loan shark who um, Alyssa had borrowed money from to keep the bar open. Excuse me. And um, because the bar has been struggling, she, you know, she needed to borrow this money. So she went to this loan shark um, the loan shark has, has since been trying to shake her down to get his money back. Um, he then got aggressive and, and Rint uh, came in and, and shot the loan shark. Um, and as a result, he's a wanted man. So he's on the run. Um, so Spike kind of, you know, finds this out and he heads off to, to go and get Jet um, and to say, you know, that basically this guy is, this guy Rint, uh, Alyssa's boyfriend is, um, the bounty and um, you know Spike was going to head off and, and and go and get him and Jet's like no 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 like this is mine you know this is my beat um, Ganymede was my beat and you know this is my story almost so I have to mm. you know I have to settle this score because this is bringing closure to my story I have to deal with this um, and that's when he kind of reveals you know they call me the black dog because once I, I bite a case I never let go um so after that you get like a, a pretty wicked cool speedboat chase um between jet on the hammerhead and um Alyssa and rint as they kind of escape or to a speedboat and are speeding along um basically eventually they manage to um jet manages to use the, the hammerhead's kind of harpoon to um break the back of the speedboat that they're on um yeah. and then the speedboat crashes into the dock um then uh, Rint and Alyssa are, are trying to escape on foot and, and Jet kind of confronts them. Um, and basically, I think, uh, is it, was it Rint that tried to shoot uh, Jet and then Alyssa takes the gun from him? And, and is yeah. In it? Yeah, because that, uh, that scene as well, I, I was like, Holy shit! Like this is really this is really mm. crazy because I was not expecting that. But but basically, yeah, Alyssa, um, you know, takes the gun from Rin and points it at, at Jet, and then she really does unload on him. And I think actually that's where the the speech about the controlling and, and thing like mm. that comes from. The controlling nature that that Jet has uh, comes from, you know. Um, and you know, Jet is still trying to kind of protect Alyssa and he's like oh you know if you just put the gun down and 
um, you know, you, if you um, put the gun down, then you can say you weren't, you know, his accomplice and, and things like that. And, you know, the police won't charge you. And, and she's basically saying, no, this is my man and I'm going to stand by my man. Um, mm. You can't, you know, you can't come into my life and start telling me what to do again and, and controlling me again. Um, you know, that's not how I want to live my life. I left you because I don't want to be controlled by you. So please mm. don't try and control me now. This is, I've made my choice. This is my choice. Um, so eventually, you know, um, Alyssa kind of unloads all of this emotional stuff. And again, Jet, I think is a bit taken aback, but she lowers the gun. Um, you know, Rint tries to get away, but Jet kind of gets hold of him and, and, and she subdues him and, they both give up as the ISSP kind of start taking over the dock and there's there's police cars everywhere. Um, Rint gets taken into custody um, and Jet kind of says to Alyssa, you know, that Rint will probably get out on a self-defense plea. Um, and I love the, the, the last scene of the episode, which is, mm. you know, as um, Jet is kind of walking away from the police cars and um you know from the whole scene that, that's been left behind he takes the the watch out of his pocket again and he throws it in the river behind him over his shoulder um as if to say you know he's put the path behind him finally and he's got his closure and he walks off um and i just thought that was just so brilliant because it was just so kind of it, it was a, again a level of subtlety that you don't always get in in anime in general and um mm. it, it was kind of really clever to 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 bring you know to to bring him closure in that way and to have that be the final scene um just to show you that you know yeah jet's kind of got he's got his his mojo back a little bit you know and he and he he, he kind of feels a, a little bit of peace with everything that's happened mm. um and yeah as i said I, I just thought it was a great ending but i mean how, how about you what did you think about the end well the thing the thing that i got from it is that like the I've, from throughout the whole episode, it this feels like you can tell that the surroundings that they're in is just super slow, almost as if time has even stopped. That's what I felt like. So there's that bit, um, you know, that the little woodpecker thing that keeps on dipping its beak in the water throughout the episodes. It's almost like a timer. You know what I'm talking about, Jay? Jason? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my my um headphones just went a bit funny there. But sorry about that. Oh, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. But did you hear what I said? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 And and basically, it feels like that. But everything is just still standing still, and it's not even really Jet that needs the closure. Mm. It was Alyssa that needed the closure, and then yeah. Jet was like, "Okay, I've done my thing," and then he walks off, and then he he throws the watch over. But at that point her life was just dead. Mm, mm. Like she said that, you know, she felt controlled and she wanted to live and everything, but yeah, she was still stuck in a deadbeat place. Mm. It's only when he comes and all of a sudden now she's got this amazing, well, not amazingness, but like this one last hurrah that's finally going to get her off Ganymede or, you know, or, you know, or really, really now be in love with this person and not, you know, and forget about Jet. Jet doesn't need the closure of me in this episode. Mm. He just needs to do the right thing. That's what I, that's what I got. But that whole thing, like you said, of him throwing the, the, the watch over his shoulder, yeah, is into a stream, which is, you know, a living, breathing, moving thing. But the watcher stood still, but okay, but it gets taken over. So now time can move forward for, for both of them. That's what I got from it. Mm -hmm. No, I totally get that, man. And um, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I think that... Um, you know, that line that she says where she says to him that, um, you know, I wanted to live my own life and make my own decisions, mm. even if they were terrible mistakes, is exactly what, you know, that, that is, is what happens in the episode. She lives her own life. She makes her own decision to stand by a man mm. and she makes a mistake. And that's exactly what she wanted. So, yeah, she got closure as well. Sorry. Um. So I'm just trying to drink down this drink real quick because my throat is dry. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's quick enough, dude, but take your time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not really, is it? But um, 
yeah, it's that, you know, that closer that I guess they both wanted, they finally got, you know, um, in, mm. in, in that way. And that's what I, I really love about the episode. But um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. That's how it kind of ends. But Rich, you wanted to talk about the end credits as well, because you said there was something interesting in, in there that we should have a look at. So yeah. Yeah, so basically, the end of the credits, it shows some black and white stills. And uh, you figure out that they're basically flashback scenes uh, from the history of Spike. Mm. Um, and this does kind of like tie in, I think, with the theme of, uh, you know, falling in love and, you know, you thinking that your partner may want something or vice versa, but um, not really understanding when they're making a wrong decision. Um, it's basically um, Spike... Uh, Vicious, who we have met already, and uh, Julia, mm. which uh, and from what you can kind of gather between from the pictures that which are black and white, um, is that Spike and Vicious are really really good friends. At some point, Spike starts hanging out with Julia. That's so basically so this that's one what like one frame, then another frame, it's Vicious walking in on. Spike and Julia coming into the flat, and then it's a heart to heart with Spike and Vicious. But then is is there's this as the slides go on is you can see that there's a lot more more and more tension being brought into the relationship. Mm. And the reason why I'm pointing this out, listeners, is because you don't really get given this again in later episodes or even told it. So you're left all these little little clues in you know conversations that Spike may have with let's say trying to protect Jet when Faye's trying to wind him up and then obviously saying the same thing about feeling strongly about how women are like you know nice people not how Faye's trying to describe them and then you also see the end credits of this and how he was so in love with somebody that you know that is it was enough to make him turn his back on his best friend you're not going to get that throughout the show again so all these little little things when you watch it is going to start making sense but yeah um, we're going to keep on doing that from each episode um, when there's any form of like little flashback scenes we'll do a little bit of back history in that as well so yeah yeah no doubt no doubt so if you're watching along make sure you watch uh, the end credits of each episode very closely as well because as Rich said they're giving you a lot of clues away as to what's going to happen next so yeah keep them peeled um, right well as I said that's the end of the episode so what we're going to do is we're going to go across now to our trusty friend uh bebotpedia uh which is a wiki for all things cowboy bebop um if you want to check it out just google bebopedia and it will pop up and it gives you loads of background information behind episodes and things like that as well it's really quite cool um now uh there is a, a couple of little tidbits to add to this episode so um, in terms of homages and references, uh, the Black Dog, um, Jet's nickname, is actually a reference to the Led Zeppelin song, which is a, a freaking badder song, if you if you know it. Um, do you know Black Dog, Rich? Is no, I don't think I do. You what probably do, do but you, you probably do, but you probably don't know the name. Um, oh, okay, okay. It's, it's one of their more famous ones. Um, but yeah, Black Dog's the, the awesome song. Um, so Baker Panchorero, oh, Baker Panchorero, okay, get this, Baker Panchorero, the name yeah. of the bounty head in the beginning of the session, yeah. is named after the last names of the main characters of the 1970s police drama Chips, John oh, Baker and Panchorero. Panchorero, oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, they used to call him Punch, well, Punch it Punch. Poncho, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that was him. <laughs> so that's where the name come from so i thought okay yeah like I, I knew the name was familiar but i couldn't remember where i, I i'd heard it before or, mm. or what but yeah it made sense so um some trivia bits uh, as rich confirmed for us via luca um ganymede is the largest mm. moon of jupiter and the largest natural satellite in the solar system uh it's composed of silicate rock and water and ice um, evidence shows that the moon has a tenuous oxygen-based atmosphere and possible saltwater ocean beneath its icy crust. Mm. Um, uh, eulogy uh, or an elegy is defined as a mournful, melancholic or plaintive poem, especially a funeral song or a lament for the dead. The word comes from uh, the Greek word elegia, which is a reflection on the death of someone or a sorrow in general. 
Um, and La Fine, uh, the name of the bar that Alyssa owns, uh, is a French term and it means the end. Uh, Alyssa opened the bar herself as a way of taking control of her life, which would indicate a new beginning or an end to, to her dependency on others. However, she was forced to take a loan from a criminal once again to be dependent on someone uh, someone else to care for her. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense, actually, now mm. I think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it for the trivia. Um, so, yeah, a few little tidbits there. Um, we've got some news as well because Rich is getting another Cowboy Bebop tattoo. So, Rich, c- yeah. tell everybody what you're getting. <laughs> so, basically, it's a design of the word bang, but written as if it was fingers doing like a, a trigger trigger sign. So, uh, people who have watched Cowboy Bebop, you know, like, li- let's put it this way, like I said at the beginning of the show, you can meet people who have watched Cowboy Bebop and just say, you know, you know, one word, or you can like quote a whole scene, but they'll know, like you, you, like you'll just, you'll just know, like you could just be like, so, oh, you watch Cowboy Bebop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang. And I'll just be like, bruv, you know what? Yeah, that bit. So like mm-hmm. people that haven't got that far, trust me, when you get that, when you get to that scene, you'll understand that this is enough as, as crazy as it sounds. It's yeah. It's my, another homage to Spike. Is gonna go across um another spike tattoo that I've got that's basically all down the right side of my ribs of him holding a gun uh you know towards or pointing a gun out towards you. Mm-hmm. So when it when it gets done, it'll be on the we'll post it on the the Instagram and Twitter page. Oh yeah 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 no doubt no doubt absolutely. Um, yeah, as Rich said, we do have uh, social media as well. You can find us um, at Wulong Talks um, as well. And we also have an Instagram for the Bebop Rewatch podcast, which is simply called the Bebop Rewatch. Um, although I think I might start posting more stuff on Wulong Talks in general, because purely because I can't get into the Bebop Rewatch account at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm probably going to end up posting some some stuff on Wulong Talks as well. But, um, yeah, there's a, there'll be a short trailer at the end of, of this episode, so just have a listen to that if you want to know how to find us on the social medias and all of that. And, um, yeah, Rich will definitely be posting up a, a picture of his latest Cowboy Bebop tattoo um, when that's done. And if you lot have got Cowboy Bebop tattoos, let us know as well. Um, mm. We want to see him and um, we're happy to, you know, post them up as well if, if you're cool with that. So, yeah, get in touch with us and, and send them over, man. And we'll, we'll be happy to do that for you. All right. Um, we're going to draw this session to a close. Uh, that is that. Um, as said, this was an episode that I thoroughly enjoyed and I think was one of my favorites. Um, Rich, I think, likes it a lot as well. Perhaps not necessarily one of his favorite episodes necessarily, but... Um, I think he enjoyed it uh, a great deal uh, as well because of just how much we get from this episode in, in terms of, you know, characters and development. So, yeah, it's good fun. So make sure you go and check it out for yourselves as well. Uh, unfortunately, Cowboy Bebop, I think, has been removed from UK Netflix now. Um, yeah, it has, yeah. Which is a real shame. Um, but it was on there for a long time, to be fair. But I think mm. you can still find it um, if you have Crunchyroll. Um, you could probably find it there. Um, in fact, you, you definitely can find it on Crunchyroll. I know it's on there. Um, and there's other places as well. You can check it out. I mean, some of them aren't necessarily legal, so I'm not going to list them here. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, well, Vice, they shot on Vice, don't they? Oh, yes, that's Vice right. I believe on the Vice channel, they, they've started showing it as well. So if you watch Vice TV, um, uh, which I think is on Sky, then um, Sky in the UK, sorry, for, for UK listeners. Um, then you should be able to find Cowboy Bebop on there because I believe they're showing the entire series um, yeah. again on Vice as well. So, um, yeah, you can definitely check it out from there. And as I said, it's on DVD and Blu-ray too. So you can pick up a, a DVD copy or a Blu-ray copy. Um, you could probably get one secondhand if you don't necessarily want to buy it new. Uh, but we highly recommend that you do, man, because it's, it's just an amazing series. Mm. Um, and we want you to watch along with us. So, yeah, pick up a copy. <laughs> But um, yeah, as I said, that's it. We're going to draw this episode to a close. We'll be back again very soon with session 11, um, which I believe is going to be the horror episode that Richard was referring to earlier. Yeah. So we'll try and get our, our good buddy Jed Shepard on to, to have a chat about um, some of the horror elements in, in that episode as well. 
um because it's always nice to have a guest on these things uh but yeah we're gonna call it a day so i'm out here i'll be saying good night rich say good night good night and we'll see you guys again real soon so take care of yourselves and be safe peace and we out Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the Britpod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 